Hello, everyone. Welcome to the latest edition of On The Ball, a Norwich City podcast from The Athletic. My name is Michael Bailey. I'm the Athletic's Norwich City correspondent, and I hope this finds you safe and well. Uh, let the crushing disappointment continue. And Norwich City nil, Everton one, defeats since the restart two. Uh, Once again, we have a nice compact podcast for you uh, with the crew as we round up the latest post-lockdown action, this time with Norwich City Stats Guru NCFC Numbers on Twitter, aka Steve Sanders. Hi, Michael. And our own Scottish journalist and commentator extraordinaire, Hodgie the Hack, aka Stuart Hodge. Hello, how are we doing, Trips? Grand, thank you, uh, gents. Uh, lovely to see you both. We're getting in the routine of these. Uh, I had now. a shave because I knew it was coming on. Very tidy. Very tidy. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, I, I don't think it is. The clippers, <laughs> though, um, good usage. Oh, good Christmas present, that. Oh, that's the way. And, and no haircuts, obviously, apart from Steve, who's still... <laughs> no, like, I got offered the chance of someone trying to sort of play around with it, but I thought, mm, nah, that's a, that's a dodgy move, even with the grey coming in. Looking uh, fine. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's growing back. That's the mate. It's growing back greyer. That's which is a worry, but um, it's going to happen to us all, right? So, yeah, it is. Just some earlier than others. It varies. Yeah, exactly. Um, and hopefully the hair, you know, stays on your head. I suppose that's that's what we're all hoping for. <laughs> anyway. Um, uh, yes. So uh, we're doing these post post match pods as we go through um, the season uh, conclusion. Although whether we get to two or three games left and we're still doing these after each game, I don't know, we'll have to see. But uh, uh, Norwich lost at home to Everton. Uh, the first question, straight into it, is your snap verdicts, uh, guys. Shout, rant, sing your praises for a minute or less. All yours, Steve. Okay, uh, I can keep it fairly succinct, I think. Uh, better than Southampton, for starters, which is, which is starting on a positive, but still creatively um, nowhere near um, what we have been able to produce. Um, the first half was fairly even. I was fairly satisfied with how that went. Uh, the second half, um, obviously the goal kind of changed the game. That was the key moment and we didn't respond to it anywhere near quickly enough. Um, to me now, I think we're just counting down the days until until we get the R next to our name, unfortunately. Yeah, my take is that I was quite happy with the shape. I thought it was good to go back to the shape that we like. Um, Even in the first half when I think we we played not too badly, there was a good at least three or four moments where you saw the ball just getting blocked by Alex Tetty inside his own box. And I like having him there as the defensive shield, but that obviously shows that for all that we thought we were solid and stuff, it was kind of papering over the cracks a wee bit. Uh, Then to concede a goal as sloppy as that, I mean, if Norwich under 15s concede that goal, the manager's raging, you know, like to concede it at Premier League level is is just really, really, really poor. And yeah, creatively very much nullified. Um, And I just, I just don't think we have the quality. That's it. I don't think we have the quality to be in this league or at least to play the way that we are trying to play in this league. And I think that's just been shown once again. What I will say is, I think that's a different kind of game with the crowd there at Carroll Road. But I just don't, I think what's happening is you're seeing that the quality teams at the top of the league are showing their quality in an even more emphasised way without the crowd to kind of sort of create the, the toing and froing in matches. And Norwich City need that backing if they were going to do anything in this running. So, yeah, matter of time. I think I tweeted two words, which were game over uh, at full time. Um, now we're looking at the table, bizarrely. Norwich aren't actually in much worse of, worse of a position. It's just that you imagine Watford will probably have enough to get out of it and Brighton have basically got themselves clear. Um, no one else has done anything. The, 
the problem is watching Norwich. <laughs> just uh, there's I'm not finding anything in terms of the environment, the atmosphere, and the play that's making me think they got it in them to get themselves out of the position. So for me, I don't I don't see how it happens now. Uh, let's get into our debrief then, shall we? And we have to start at this at the top because uh, big changes. You mentioned it, Stuart, that they went back to to four two three one. Um, although I mean there were slight tweaks, uh, tweaks, and mm. I, I have said how I quite liked how Andre Duda was was playing quite close to to Josip Trimic and 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 he sort of showed through the ball quite well, but they they still really struggled to to create anything, and it was all a bit a bit one paced. And most people will say, well, that's because you didn't play your best players, Steve. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I know Stu, Stu said he wasn't surprised. I, I have to say I was surprised at that lineup, um, probably more so than I have been uh, in uh, for any of any Farker lineup since he's joined. If if I'm totally wow. honest, um, I, I think it needed changing after Southampton. There's absolutely no doubt about that, and I did agree going back to the system that we went to. Um, I, I don't think a Rupp Duda Hernandez Dermic front four is going to cause any Premier League teams uh, a, a huge number of problems, and that that starting lineup had no player that had scored more than one Premier League goal this season. Um, so I mean, you know, I I am not party to to training sessions or or, and I don't know the fitness of the players. So I'm trying to kind of work out what what that was about, and I, I kind of come up with three reasons, but I don't know if I can fully justify any of them. Um, number one is is he he's looking ahead to Saturday, resting the the likes of Puki Buendia, who probably do need to be kept fit for the rest of the campaign and, and need to be managed properly. Um, but with such a massive game, it, that almost feels a little bit like throwing in the towel on Premier League survival. So I, I'm not sure mm. about that. Um, the the second one is that he, he genuinely thought that was the best lineup that could win the game for him today. Um, Oh, not today, <laughs> yesterday. Um, but again, I, I don't see how a team without Timi Puki and Emi Buendia is, is going to do that for you because they are Norwich's star players. And I, I, I've said throughout this season, I, th- I think Puki, his form hasn't necessarily dipped that much. It's been the players around him more so. Yeah, that's a good point. So I would question that. And then the third, the third thing is, is the, the theory that's been put around that, that leaving your best players on the bench to come on when the game is tight um, is is uh, is a better tactic right now when players are still looking to find fitness and, and are tiring more quickly, especially in the heat that we had yesterday. Um, but in that instance, I would say, well, why were the subs not made earlier? And that's that's a point I'm, I'm sure we can come back to later. Um, but but yeah, it, to me, it just didn't make sense that you had players who are yet to prove themselves in a Norwich shirt from the start making up our attack. I, I couldn't see how it was ever going to work, and it didn't surprise me we had nil next to our name. So case for the defence. Um, of the the team selection, um, the reason I wasn't surprised at the lineup is I know from speaking to people inside the club that the consensus was they were they were disappointed with um, various aspects of how it was in the wide areas against Southampton. So I expected the two wingers to change. I think everyone expected uh, Tribal to be dropped in favour of Teddy if we change system. I think that made sense, and the club really have a lot invested in Josip Dermic. There's definitely a player in there. Whether Norwich City are getting the best out of him or not is questionable. Whether he's regressed after injuries also could be a factor. Um, But the club really, really do rate him. So I wasn't too surprised to see them try something different up front. 
Um, I actually thought they might have gone with Adam Ida on the basis. Uh, by the way, I flipped between Ida and Ida. Our apologies for that. But I know that it's <laughs> one Ida of them is from, wrong. By the way, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, 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 Michael, Michael, you, um, you were the one that sort of educated me on that. So I'm going to stick with Ida, and I might regress back to Ida, depending on my concentration levels. But my concentration level should generally be better than Norwich City from a corner kick. Adam Ida, I thought made a real impact when he came on. I think. Um, that Norwich City do have options, whether they're of the requisite quality to, as I say, work playing the way we play in the Premier League. I actually made the point in a conversation with Stuart Webber about how when Huddersfield went up, the system that David Wagner played was going to give, in a way, a better chance of Premier League survival because it was more on sort of based on defensive solidity and then sort of hitting in the break and, and, and utilising that. Whereas Norwich City are trying to basically transpose what they did in the Championship to the Premier League. And Farka Ball, which is a phrase I don't really like, but obviously it's quite popular in terms of defining the, the Daniel Farka style. Farka Ball in the Premier League, you need better players to make it happen. And we just don't have them. What, 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 was, what was interesting from uh, the, the podcast last week from Farker's comments was when he said, um, we don't, it was words to the effect of, we don't have the quality to dominate teams at this level. And um, in terms of the investment and the, the playing squad that we have, I think totally fair enough. However, the, the issue is the way we play, Farker ball requires us to dominate teams because if we don't dominate teams on the ball and with the way we play, we're not going to beat them. Um, and, it, you know, I, I totally accept that Southampton and Everton have much, much better resources than we do. But the way we play, we have to dominate teams in order to win games. And well, it, that almost felt like an admission to me that we're not good enough for this level. It's that, it's that discrepancy between, right, you buy players to play a certain way. And I think there has been an indication that we're maybe trying to do things a wee bit differently in the two games, whether that's a positive or detriment, an argument you can have. But I think there is spells in the games, at least where we've been trying to be more direct but do we have the players to play that way? And the other big thing for me is if you're going to play Andre Duda, at least get him to hit a corner. Like get, get his corners to a decent enough level, his free kicks to a decent enough level that when we actually get a set piece and a chance to get players forward and attack a ball, we've got an opportunity to do that. Emi Buendia, I think I saw a tweet, it might have been um, your man John Rogers, who said Emi Buendia's done more in six seconds than Andre Duda did in 70-odd minutes. And I thought that was bang on the money because although Duda was trying to take up spaces and play the right way sort of things, he's, he's sort of showcased moments where he had the set pieces, the chance to deliver. He totally, it was a total letdown. So I think, I think it was, uh, I think it might have been Rip that he called out, but to be fair, I think it would have been correct in either case. So. Yeah, no, and that was the other thing about Lucas Rupp, right? Um, even in the early stages, I thought his press was lazy. Like, I think I think he was sort of getting in the, the right defensive area, the right area in terms of the defensive shape. But I think his press at times just seemed a bit lethargic. It's like, if you're going to press the ball, press the ball. And that coupled with, I mean, I know there was the one shot right at the end of the first half, but just nothing in attacking areas either. Like, I just, I'm, I'm struggling to reconcile myself to some of the acquisitions, I have to say. I think, I think it's been really poor. It is interesting with Josip Trimic because um, I think one abiding memory I have from from the Southampton game is is full time when he was uh, I think he was busy having a having a chat with um, Yannick Vestergaard at the final whistle and mm. he was the last player on on the pitch and just sort of jogged off with a big smile on his face and I'm just like <laughs> right and um, mm. I I struggle to I I I'm sure I'm sure and I've seen that Josip clearly had a lot about him. When was that? And 
if you've got someone putting out two singles during the course of a season, I know people have other interests, but just where, where's where's your hunger in? Well, and 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 I th- I also think that the Saints' performance. I mean, I I do I think I give the players a free pass on that because I do think the fitness was the key issue in that game. But if you were to look at him and Puki, I don't know. Maybe maybe Dermich hasn't had the chance he needed up front on his own. There's no way you look at that game and say, out of the front four, that's the fellow who's staying in our team for. No, I I Adam either. Like, honestly, that, that's my view. I thought he impacted the game when he came on, and I think that's who you should fling in now. I think you've got to take... We, we spoke about this, about maybe looking at things with a bit more of a holistic approach. Um, not quite throwing the towel in, but saying, right, let's get minutes in some of the younger legs, because I think that's more important ahead of what's going to be a championship season next year. Right, it's going to be and, difficult, because there are there are players um, who are, uh, you know, not being... not uh, So Norwich aren't doing particularly well, and there are still players who aren't playing or featuring at all <laughs> that well, some elements will or maybe hope uh, and will see them as good enough to have a real impact in the championship next year but they might not want to is the brutal honesty at the moment if you were Moritz Leitner how how much would you want to hang around for next season obviously he's contractually obliged well, there, the moment, there's two but... there's two, are, two two sort of things to think about there so the one is do Norwich City how do they manage to jettison enough of this sort of flotsam right that they can get rid of these players that are just hanging around, you know? Like there's players that aren't going to impact the squad this year or maybe maybe Moritz Leitner does come back into the picture. I've not got a crystal ball. But it seems to me that that squad is now bloated with players who aren't of the requisite quality to make an impact in the championship. And there's going to be players that think that they're Premier League players. And there's going to be players who are going to go back down to the championship, not necessarily with the hunger to, to come back up <laughs> like in, in the same way given the way that this season has transpired, you know? So you made a really good point in your post-match video verdict, Michael, where you said this is dangerous waters now for Daniel Farka. There's also been a change in atmosphere um, for various reasons around the, the, the club, I feel, just over the past week or so. Things are beginning to turn a wee bit in the fan base. Patience is beginning to go. Um the even from some of the sort of more more kind of loyal fans you might say to the to, to the style um of course there's going to be people that defend Farka last season was absolutely magnificent you can never take that away but now questions are beginning to be asked and Daniel Farka's got to navigate this with a sort of canny head because I, I don't think he's going to go before next season but if he wants to still have the backing of the the full body of the Kirk to use a good Scottish phrase then Aye, like he's gonna, he's gonna need to to make sure he's careful, and with his squad as well. But the, the the other thing, of course, is the the return of the set piece goal, which um, was our kind of Achilles heel for so long, and it, it feels a little bit like, to extend the analogy, like Achilles has since kind of I don't know broken his arm and shattered his pelvis, and and then and then you're like, <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, and the heel thing as well. Yeah, we I forgot we were we also had that problem. Um, so that's never it seems like that's never gone away, and it was the most basic set piece goal you could ever oh. wish to see, and that was enough. Everton weren't even particularly good, I should add, but that was enough. No, Everton were, were kind of within themselves, but you know they had 48 hours less recovery time as well, so it's yeah. sort of a bit damning. Um, I should plug my piece on the Athletic, which was looking at Norwich's. Uh, half time, sort of first half, second half record at Carrow Road in the Premier League this season. Because um, if 
games at home finished at halftime, which is a stupid thing to say, but I'm saying it anyway because that's a statistic. Currently, Norwich would be third in the Premier League. They've lost more points from um, halftime uh, compared to any other team, 14 of them. Um, they've lost 14 goals in that period. They have had the opportunities, which in itself, I think, explains that they haven't got the quality to improve on, on what they do and, and the, the opposition look at what they've got in the first half, figure out a way to deal with it and then beat them generally. Um, now, that is, a, that is a slight against the players, um, but it's also a slight against Daniel because he you know, hasn't been able to conjure up anything. They, they haven't. It's very difficult because I, I guess if you're, if you're leading, it's hard to then work out how you change things um, can I, can because make- you're, doing, you're being proactive in... in in protection, I suppose, which which can be difficult, and Norwich haven't been naturally adept at that under Farker. On hmm. on on the subs point as well. Um, I mean, I know people were critical of Farker's subs a little bit last season, but actually, I think there was always a plan. I don't feel like there's a there's a plan now. They came on far far too late because that game was going nowhere yesterday, and Puki and Buendia didn't come on until 71 minutes. Um, and then the final sub I just thought was absolutely bizarre to take Lewis off and bring Campwell on. It's almost like just chuck as many attacking players on as you can. We had Ida, Dermic and Puki on at the end, as well as Buendia, Campwell, Vrancic. There was no structure there. And why Dermic didn't come off for Campwell, and because there was no width, Lewis was providing that width and then it just became even narrower. Really? No, no, no. I think, I think that's a massive point. And if you noticed when they shoved the sort of three strikers were all on, right? Timu Puki almost by default was occupying the right channel. And it's like, well, he's your guy for goals. So why is he drifting? He's drifting because there's two people that think of themselves as natural spearheads there, right? So he's naturally being forced to drift. And yeah, I, I think that's a bang on um, shout, Steve. And, and I think the, how quickly um, Daniel Farker responds to things last season because of fitness levels, because of whatever, his later substitutes more often than not worked. But Everton had a really good opportunity to go 2-0 up when it was clear for a good at least five minutes, probably nearer 10, that the game was totally drifting after conceding the opener that Norwich City needed a change. So whether it takes, whether it's the time it takes them to warm up or whether he's not got them warming up already, I mean, it looked to me like they were warming up from the start of the second half, right? So why, why, why are they not on sooner? That's what I want to know. Why was that first substitution not made more quickly? And it is interesting watching the expressions on the substitution substitutes face while they're warming up and they get called back in because they kind of, you see this like, right, we're not coming in. I've literally been out here 20 minutes. I mean, well, there is a bit of that in there. There's mm. some great facial expressions at the moment, which I'm, I'm trying to relay because obviously I'm in a privileged position being at the ground. So I'll keep trying to re- relay those. Um, but it, you know, fair play to Everton. They made one tactical change, I believe, which Michael Keane, in just in terms of how they dealt with the midfield, picking up the ball. They had uh, two shots in the first minute of the second half and their first corner. Uh, they only had two shots in the entire first half. Uh, and then I think it was probably their second corner that they scored from. And, and like you said, Steve, the, the, the tactical changes made the impact, but then it was an old Achilles heel that ended up <laughs> actually getting them uh, the goal. As I said, I that think pe- Everton pe- had it in them, like anyway, to get a goal. I just right, want to say well, that. Like, I think they probably would have got one anyway, another way. Had they. Well, and exactly. And, and Daniel said that Norwich probably deserved more in the first half, maybe to have led. Um, but history says that probably still wouldn't have been enough <laughs> so because they still would have maybe conceded too, uh, which is in my piece, which you can read on The Athletic and you can get 40% off a subscription if you haven't already taken one out uh, with the link theathletic.com forward slash all 20 teams. Uh, rattling on because we're running out of time. Uh, the question you now want answering, <laughs> gents. 
Uh, well, I would say if, if we needed a little miracle before now, how, how big is the miracle that we now require to get out of this mess, well, in Farker's opinion? <laughs> no team with 21 points at this stage has ever survived. Mm, very nice. So that um, one. <laughs> and uh, they, they are now in a worse position than Leicester were when they survived uh, in 2015, wasn't it? Um, and they weren't. Out of comparisons. Yeah, they weren't at the start of the restart. So they My were. question is how do you get rid of well i've kind of said it already actually how do you get rid of all the players that you need to get rid of to make space to make new acquisitions that are going to make an impact without just ending up with a squad of 40 players next season because <laughs> well maybe not 40 but like definitely like lots of bodies is my point um because i think there's too many players there that just aren't good enough um i mean they might be serviceable players in the championship but if you want to be a top 26 club then what you need to do is you need to have players that at least are premier league aspirant and um there's too many there that just aren't so how do we get rid of those bodies that's the question that i would ask because i can't see there been many takers for many of these players unless they've got brilliant agents stuart uh stuart weber is going to enjoy getting asked that question regularly over the summer i can tell um silver linings uh, for me i yes. thought there were some decent individual performances which there weren't against southampton i thought aaron's played well i thought godfrey yeah. looked good uh, Kenny McLean was good in the first half. I thought he put a, a couple of really good tackles in. So uh, that would indicate to me that there are some decent performances, at least on the way back. And, and, and Alex Tetti does a, and does Tetti, a, does yeah, a good, yeah, a good yeah, training yeah. job. They, they desperately need someone who can do that job. <laughs> yeah, I love him. Kind of, when we go back down, worry that Tetti's probably going to play less. He's probably more of a Premier League player than a Championship player for Norwich City now, um, given the, the way the partner games will, will kind of go. Big positive for me is Adam either. Um, I think I've already said that he's uh, he impacted the game when he came on. He looked hungry. He just seemed to have that thing that there was that kind of, do you know what, I'm just going to get the shot in. And then it deflects behind for a corner. And I just think as well, looking at the bigger picture, young guy, loads and loads of potential. Get him in the team, maybe get him a couple of Premier League goals under his belt. That's a real confidence boost going into next season's championship campaign. That's a great shout. Uh, my silver lining, one of the ones I've written here, were, by the way, Max Aarons was one, Adam Eder was the other, and the third one was one game closer to the end. Um, <laughs> next up, uh, Manchester United at Carroll Road again. I have to say, I've, I've been quite philosophical about the restart of Premier League football, um, but this is probably going to be the one that's going to stick in my throat because the FA Cup was going to, I don't know, I've said this before, it was, it was Norwich don't get to this stage very often and it would have been so interesting and exciting to have had an evening kickoff in the cup last eight at Carrow Road against Manchester United. I do think, I, I do think United have Norwich's number this season. I'm in no way looking forward to it. It's live on BBC at 5.30 on Saturday. Um, a quick word to put me right, Steve. Uh, I wish I could. And I'm sorry that I have to be so negative, but uh, yeah, it's the first FA Cup quarterfinal I can remember in my time as a fan. And, and I'm sort of dreading it because I just think United look like they're on a roll and we're really good, not. Don't so they? Yeah, they do. It's going to take a hell of a turnaround for us to, to win that one. But who knows? It's, it's a cup game. So, you know, we just need a, a really good 90 minutes that we haven't had so far. Normal circumstances, you think, Carroll Road crowd charged up. Doesn't matter that we're down in a way because we've still got this to look forward to, you know, shot to nothing kind of vibe. But there's none of that. They've got too much quality. We're going to lose again. And then that's it. Season's bye. God, I'm gonna. I'm better to make sure I take. Yeah, I was gonna say I better make sure I take some nice food on Saturday or something to give, give me some purpose. Um, 
Well, uh, I think that's it, gents. Thanks so much for your time. Uh, that is it for this edition of On the Ball, a Norwich City podcast from The Athletic, of course. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed it. And if you did, uh, please tell your friends, family and fellow Norwich supporters. We'll still be doing it next year, regardless of which division Norwich are in or when hey. that season starts. Thanks, Steve. Well, I am anyway. I assume you two are as well. Uh, if, you'd, <laughs> if you'd like to get in touch uh, with us uh, or ask uh, our guests or ourselves uh, any questions uh, that you want answered, uh, just sling those to me in a tweet or direct message on Twitter at Michael J. Bailey. In the meantime, a big thank you to Steve. Thank you, Steve. Cheers, Michael. Uh, thanks, Duke. Cheers, mate. Thank you. And of course, we thank uh, you, all of you out there, for listening and getting involved. We really appreciate it. We will return after Saturday's FA Cup tie when we're all going to get really surprised with another edition of On the Ball, a Norwich City podcast from The Athletic. Until then, good night. <laughs>